0: And gentlemen, an annual event that only takes place once annually. <laughs> well yeah, that's what once a year means you fucking dumbass <laughs> <laughs> JP Oh my God, why do I even try? We talked about this last week and today you can join us as we vote for the next games that shall be in the game awards. We are your hosts. my name is JP. I'm Zach and I'm Czar and it is time. To vote! Yeah! All right, we hyped it up last week, but the three of us are going to be doing our voting in the Game Awards today. I am extremely excited to see who's up on the docket. Boys, what do you think?
1: Yeah, this is a great great event and we've been talking about this ever since we started the, co- the podcast we've been casting our nominees we've been making speculation and guesses and now we're here now we can see if we were right and we can cast our votes to see who will win
0: and good news zach they're all nintendo games no, they're not I know, but I thought that made you happy for a second.
2: I'm always happy. Good to hang out with you guys. I got an awesome audience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point, Zach. I don't even know where to begin with this. I'm, I'm really giddy, guys. I really am excited to talk about this. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start from the top and just make our way down. Start talking about who was nominated in the categories and talk about who our pick's going to be game of the year we are going to save for the very last and we are not doing any of the esports categories because none of us know shit about esports is that fair is that a fair assessment and sake of time and sake of time and that was like eight categories on its own all right I don't know are you guys are you guys good to go you got a snack you got a drink you got your dogs anything you need I got hype I also have hype I have a rock that's a nice boulder (laughs) that means we've got two hype and a rock let's do this yeah
1: but do we have a mermaid a seahorse and three chickens
0: <laughs> three chicken that's a good game <laughs> it has
1: to be three chickens
0: i listened to that i listened to that on the last episode when we did that that made me laugh really hard <laughs> <You were> like, <laughs> i said that and you're like that's a good game <laughs> I was like, oh, that's really funny <laughs> guys let's get started all right so like we said game of the year was the first category but we are saving that for last the first category after that is best game direction. We've got Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life, Alex, and The Last of Us Part II. Ooh,
1: wow! Last of Us Part Two made it on to the docket, we actually have uh, two remakes almost. Because didn't they remake The Last of Us Part Two? No,
0: they have not done anything. They have not touched The Last of Us Part Two since uh, since it was created. And just for uh, record, Best Game Direction is awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in Game Direction and Design. Zach, I want you to be you to be the first guy to give us a, your, your opinion, man.
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, gosh, I think direction is so subjective. I mean, you can make an argument for Last of Us Part 2, because they did take that in a new, uh, innovative way. But I absolutely hated the way that they took it in. And a lot of people did. It was...
0: Biggest controversy of the year by right. far was with the last of us part two.
2: I think that was bold and um, yeah. And I didn't hate it for any like the the messages they were sending. I just hated it because I just thought it was superfluous and almost pointless and, in my opinion. But I guess it kind of does give you more backstories on the villainslash.
0: Well, you know what? I said I said if there's any complaint people had about the last of us part two that actually has some merit to it, it's definitely that the ending is kind of like what the hell?
2: So you know what? I'll give that to you. What I so that like, I can see why Last of Us Part II is here, but I think it's here for the wrong reasons. Is what I was trying to say, they did something that I think they did it just to be different, yeah. Um, and so I'm gonna have to give it to Final Fantasy VII Remake because they could have very Ooh. much just done a copy and paste, and so many people would have been happy. But they redesigned the combat system, they fleshed out the world more, um, they redefined what a remake really is, and so I think that is a good direction to take remakes, like, and they really. Didn't need to do that, like I said. So I just think that's really sweet. So my point, hands down, goes to Final Fantasy VII Remake.
0: Okay, okay, Czar. What about you?
1: I I agree with pretty much everything Zach says. Um, I really I, I'm kind of on the fence right now, though. I really want to cast my vote for Final Fantasy VII Remake because Zach's a hundred percent right. They could have copy pasted, but they ended up redesigning it from virtually the ground up and, you know, splitting it a little bit for story's sake and just adding all of the extra story content with side characters, by all rights, it feels like a new game instead of a remake. Now I'm also really torn between that and Half-Life Alex. Oh, okay. Yes, I love Half-Life, and I had been waiting for some new story for that game. I I really liked the direction of that, filling in some story gaps between Half-Life 1 and 2, uh, where, you know, you play Alex Vance um, trying to seize a super weapon from the aliens. But I think it's going to be pushed a little bit under the rug because... Uh, it's been like over a decade since anybody has ever even thought of Half-Life, unless you're using Gary Mods, of course. Of course, of course. Uh, even even though I'm torn between Half-Life and Final Fantasy, I got to cast my vote to Final Fantasy VII because they just knocked it out of the park with everything they did.
0: Okay. So for me... Um, I actually played Final Fantasy VII Remake, and at first I was thinking more of the remake aspects to the game as why this should be disqualified in the category. You two make absolutely phenomenal points. It may be a remake, but they went above and beyond with giving you more story and more fleshed out characters and so much more to do that it really does feel like a brand new experience in a brand new game. Because I was on the fence too between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Ghost of Tsushima, because Ghost of Tsushima's direction, you know, I mean, like the samurai, the whole samurai thing is like it's not super played out yet, and there was a lot of potential that could have been had. And on every point on the scale, Ghost of Tsushima knocked it out of the park. So, like between Final Fantasy VII R and Ghost of Tsushima, my radar honestly would have leaned more towards Ghost of Tsushima, but for the sake of not being that guy, you know what? If I feel really strongly about Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'll give the point to them. Well, that's fair. Alright, best, best game direction goes to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Woo! We have a decision. Alright, next category is best game narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. We have 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghosts of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Zach, once again, take us away, man.
2: I think going off what I said before, I feel like this is between Hades and Last of Us Part Two. I would have to... So I, the only reason I even put Hades in here is because it um, did a lot with very little. Like, you're just respawning and they really wove their story around it. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. But... As far as grand scope and actual storytelling goes, I think Last of Us Part Two slams and dunks it. You got to acknowledge that's the great part of this game is probably, I guess, the story. That's why people yeah.
0: came to it, you know? I mean, yeah. Czar, yeah. uh, what about you? I,
1: I'm i on the fence again. Um, I really like The Last of Us Part II, um, based off of your very, very long uh, synopsis of it. Hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we thought last week's episodes were long. Yeah, no joke. Um, I really, I do love the direction that they took it with the story, with the deception, the lies, manipulation, even the story split of main characters like halfway through the game. I think that does wonders as more of like cinema rather than video game and um so i mean i guess that could be considered completely different but i did love that about last of us part two now on the other hand ghosts of tsushima that game oh i i think the narrative is incredible it has a wonderful story deep seated in ancient lore and i the voice acting is is really great too
0: that was one of people's greatest uh, compliments to the game was that the voice acting, whether you dubbed it or subbed it was phenomenal.
1: Definitely. I absolutely love everything about Ghosts of Sh- Sushima, even though I can't say it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ghosts of Sushi. No, <sighs> fine.
0: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>
1: I am gonna have to give this to the Last of Us Part Two, though. I think their story was more heartfelt and really immersive, and just really tore at people's emotions. So that is my vote.
0: All right, uh, Zach, what you had to say about Hades was phenomenal. For a game to offer so much when it just didn't have that much to begin with, uh, studio wise, it really is inspirational, and I love seeing games like that up on this docket. That being said, I made an hour and 40 long minute expose of why people were wrong about their opinions on The Last of Us Part (laughs) Two. Not even tiptoeing around that. You're just wrong. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, well, that's not, Zach did make a good point, I think in saying that the ending and the direction that the game went was a little bit convoluted, but the narrative in itself choked me up so much and made me feel such a wide range of emotions that no other game on this docket did and i've played final fantasy 7 remake and i didn't get the same range of emotions i play i've played through a good amount of ghost of tsushima and yeah it's phenomenal but mostly it's just either been like suspense or like happiness or you know a little bit of sadness and a little bit of anger but the last of us part two man i felt every emotion you can conceive anger sadness happiness downright distraughtfulness i don't know like maybe even arousal a little bit okay (laughs) i like muscly women what can i say i'm confused yet aroused (laughs) abby hit me up oh wait no i'm not single anymore abby don't hit me up (laughs) anyways yeah my vote my vote goes to the last of us part two so what do you guys think is that it is that our guy Yeah. Yeah? All right.
2: JP, you you start the
0: next one. All right. Best narrative goes to The Last of Us Part 2. Next up, we've got best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. The contenders are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghosts of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part 2. That's one of the things that kind of drives me crazy about some of these uh, bigger categories is you start to just see the same games over and over again. But that being said, um, I think there's a really good option here, but I want Zach to be the first one to go.
2: Man, what the hell? I've been going first every time.
0: I know, it's like I'm trying to make an order or something. Reverse Uno, JP, you go first. Oh shit. Oh shit, he reversed. I did not see that coming. All right, fine if Zach wants me to go first. so. Best art direction, I appreciate what each and every single one of these games brought to the table.
2: Ooh, you're not a politician. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, 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 fine. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, and The Last of Us Part Two did a phenomenal job of, like, just making realism the aspect of its game. And they blew it out of the water in every single aspect you can think of in that category. But the thing is, I mean, like we're seeing these technological advances so much on bringing realism to these games that it's becoming more of a standard than a luxury, if you know what I mean. So in this, I'd rather vote for Hades or Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And even then, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the color palette, the art style, everything about it is absolutely gorgeous, and that's why I really want Ori and the Will of the Wisps to get the my vote in this one. But, of course, it depends on what you guys think, too.
1: All right. I, I completely agree with what you said there, JP. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy are Ghost of Su- Sushi and Last of Us Part Two.
0: Oh, is that they- the thing? Are we just going to keep that going? Go- yep,
1: I'm just going to call it Ghost of Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> All those dead fish. Anywho, um, yeah, they really go for realism and you gotta wonder how long will this art style hold to the test of time? Cause like five years down the line, these are probably gonna look ugly as hell. Exactly. Because of graphic boosts. And so that's why it is definitely down between Hades and Ori for me. But I got to give it to Ori because holy crap, it is a beautiful acid trip of vibrant colors, (laughs) moving landscapes. And it's hard to figure out where your character is just because of how pretty everything is. Like, this is a damn gorgeous
0: game. So it gets my vote. All right, Zach, what are you thinking, man?
2: I was going to go for Hades. I, I love the art style a lot. I love the comic book and all that good stuff. Um, I really don't have a lot of experience with Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I just know every time that I see it, it is an orgy of colors and beautifulness. I'm comfortable giving it to Ori and the Will of the Wisps, even though I think Hades is definitely up there too.
0: Oh yeah, by no means was I discounting Hades. I mean, I, like I said, it's it was between Hades and Ori and the Will of the Wisps for this amazing art style, but if we can agree on Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I will be happy with this one.
2: Now Ghost of Tsushima though!
0: It really was good! I mean, running through the foliage and the trees and the grass with your horse, I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. But It
1: was definitely pretty, but I really think art direction should go to something creative instead of something real.
0: I completely agree. All right, are we calling it Ori and the Will of the Wisps? Yes. Kind of funny we all narrowed it down to the same two games. Best art direction, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. All right, so next up, we've got Best Score and Music for Outstanding Music, Inclusive of Score, Original Song, and or Licensed Soundtrack. Our contenders are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two. All right, Czar, you haven't gone first yet for an opinion. All right, all right.
1: Well, I really, really want to give this to Doom Eternal. I know you guys aren't going to agree with me, but I love heavy metal and rock music, and so playing that game just like pumps me up with all of the beats and the guitar riffs and the slaughter it's oh it's it's a magical experience on the other hand i'm almost thinking like the last of us part two because oh man that orchestral music is just beautiful and haunting and they did sound engineering so well for that game that it just it really added to all of the emotion you were feeling. The music was just perfect.
0: All right, so let me throw this cog in, or this wrench in the cog. There's a separate category for best audio design. So this is exclusively for the music. And by sound engineering, I,
1: I guess I meant edit, editorial through um, score in music.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Uh, yeah, completely independent of the audio. But yeah, the the... Tracks in Last of Us Part 2 were just so emotional. Uh, so I'm kind of on the fence right now. I'll let you guys make your decisions. Still 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 rooting for Doom Eternal.
0: Zar, you could not have been more wrong because I completely agree with you. And I <laughs> It's like that James A. Caster comedian quote or er, never before have I been so angry about something I 100% agree with. <laughs> Dude, I'm a metalhead. You know that. I love Doom Eternal soundtrack. Oh yeah. It meshes so incredibly well with what it is that you're doing. Not only does the gameplay make you feel like a
1: badass, but the music just instills that confidence.
0: When parents talk about video games that make your kids violent, they t- they're they talking about Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's it. On the other hand though, you are completely right about The Last of Us Part Two. The score in that was fantastic. It did, it had great music and it complemented the scenes and your own emotions so well. It was just part of the package of The Last of Us Part Two. That being said, there's not really a score in mind. Like, all of the music is good, and it meshes well with the scene, but none of it is incredibly memorable, in my opinion. Doom Eternals, though, like the metal soundtrack, for even for the original Doom, is so iconic but
2: this isn't the original doom this is doom eternal
0: uh that's fair that's fair but even then my vote has to go to doom eternal man yeah all right zach
2: yes you guys all made valid points yes doom eternal is great yes if you didn't all say it i probably would have said it um with that i will say or in the will of wiss has an engrossing soundtrack that really makes you feel all the feelings they want you to feel in this spiritual journey. And so with that, I would just say, everything you said for Doom Eternal also applies to Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So, I mean, I guess I'll be the weird guy out and I'll give my one wasted vote to Ori. Ooh, we have conflict. Uh Uh-oh.
0: Okay, so when I was talking, I wasn't trying to discount Ori and the Will of the Wisps by any mean, because Zach, you're 100% right. Say that again. You know what gets his juices flowing wow and telling him that he's right. Zach, you were right. Ori and the Will of the Wisps uh, does a fantastic job of making you feel what you're supposed to be feeling as you're just engrossed with this absolutely enchanting world that they've created. But I feel the same way about it that I do about The Last of Us Part 2. It is magical and it is fantastic, but there's nothing about it that's particularly memorable, in my opinion. And that's why i would still rather see the vote go to doom eternal but i am open to changing my mind if somebody can make it.
1: see when i when i play a game one of two things happens either i have i don't notice the music like i'll hear the music but as i continue playing it just kind of fades out and like the music isn't even there or I get so engrossed with what's going on in the game while listening to the music that I find myself like humming or whistling the music while I'm playing the game. And that happens for me 100% in Doom. Like I'll just be as I'm killing the monsters and everything. And like Ori and the Will of the Wisp is one of those games to me where the music is really, really cool. You can't discount the music. But as I play, I'm not going to hear the music anymore.
2: So it turns into white noise, whereas Ori in the Wheel of Wist compounds that emotion. You see that beautiful um, art direction. You hear that music. Even the Ori in the Wheel of Wist isn't the most amazing story of all time. It's still a very gripping game thanks to its art design and its music. So that's why I definitely think that's why That's why I'm still staying with Ori and Zara. It sounds like you're on my side now. So uh, come on, JP. <laughs>
0: Uh oh. I I don't Pretty know. Sure.
2: I still bebop
1: with Doom. I'm I'm still kind of kind of towards Doom.
0: All right. Now I know this is by no means a basis you should use to give categories like the award, but like the other thing is, I don't think Doom Eternal is actually on the list too terribly often. And we did just give something to Ori. Like Zach. Like I said, by no means are you are wrong. All right. I'm about just to say, saying we should
2: give participation trophies I hear you I oh you.
0: okay okay we go. everybody gets a trophy I love hard opinions I love hard opinions I love hard opinions that's not the only thing I love that's hard I like hard candies anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right so first of all let's change this to uh let's change this to the majority rules vote okay because unanimously, that's not going to happen. I don't know. Zach's kind of trying to change my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Zach makes
1: very, very good points. This and is, that's why the vote uh, goes uh, to Hades. All right. <laughs> Three, three-way tie. No one gets a vote. I mean, that's what we that's what we did when uh, we did Tales from the back or like picking each other's backlog. We couldn't decide on JP,
0: so we went with the non-choice option. <laughs> the thing is, though, like, I feel one of these two games really do deserve it. You know what? I'm sorry, Azar, but I think, come to think of it, Zach might be right. I think Ori does deserve this award. Ah, oh, damn it! I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Zach. He makes a good point. I—it's so enchanting. It's really great. And even though Doom Eternal is outstanding,
2: absolutely astounding. It's awesome.
0: Honestly, I—it could have been either one of those. And I find a lot of enjoyment in Doom Eternal, but I feel like maybe just slightly more out of Ori. All right, all right, I
1: can see defeat.
0: All right, but remember, we will compromise on a future category if you want to for this one. (laughs) Best score in music will go to Ori and the Will of the Wisps. That's two for Ori so far. Nice work, guys. Now, best audio design for recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. The contenders here are Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, Ghosts of Tsushima, Resident Evil 3, and The Last of Us Part 2. All right, time to discuss. Doom Eternal. End of discussion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and just because even with that heavy metal like soundtrack, like you hear all the bones cracking and the guts spewing and just oh yeah. They do a good <laughs> job with that. An, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Last of Us Part Two is the other one I could think of, but like Ghost of Tsushima, they kind of focus on silence, which doesn't really knock it or anything. But I would say out of all these, I think Doom Turtle just, they had their sound design on point. I'm
1: half worried that id Software has a dungeon where they just tortured people and cracked their bones and split them open. And that's how they acquired their sound designs. Cause yeah, these are on point and will disgust you all of the squishy
0: noises my bones (laughs) my bones (laughs) okay okay all great points originally i would have probably given this to the last of us part two again because the audio design was amazing but doom eternal was fantastic you can't deny that and especially with the action game and getting enthralled like that part of that is good audio design whether that's like how your gun shoots or the grunts of all the demons that you're slaying, or just walking around and jumping and stepping on stuff. I mean, Doom Eternal really did nail it. So I would be comfortable giving this to Doom Eternal. All right, all right, all right. But hear me out, hear me out. Are you about to say Resident Evil 3? (laughs) How did you know? Because I know you. (laughs) Because I know you. But it's good. I know it's fun, buddy, but does it deserve the award? I think
1: it it might, like my, my vote is between Doom Eternal and Resident Evil 3, just because of the ambiance for Resident Evil 3. Even when like there's no corpses shuffling towards you or anything, you'll hear like rats in the distance or like a door squeak open or tip over. Like this game keeps you on your toes at all times. And the audio design is just crazy immersive and creepy. You really feel like somebody is watching you around every single corner and it it keeps you on your toes. I think they did a phenomenal job about that. And same with like the gun noises, uh, getting your bones munched. Bones. You, they, they have the same cracky noises and squishy noises when headshots occur. And I, I don't know. I think they just did that immersion fantastically because... I mean, yeah, with Doom the sounds are great and everything, but the sounds are mostly just squishes, cracks, and gun reloads.
0: You know what? I hate to say it, you're making a lot of really good points. If there's a genre that has nailed audio design, it's horror because you need to. Oh,
1: absolutely. You have to keep those players immersed. You have to keep those players scared even when there's nothing going on. and. I mean, this like I said, the sound design for Doom Eternal is, or the audio design for Doom Eternal is amazing, but it's pretty standard and pretty repetitive. You'll hear those same noises over and over and over. But like with Resident Evil 3, they took a lot of focus on like, if you step in a puddle, it sounds like you stepped in a puddle. Or if you're walking over trash, you hear glass crack under your foot or cans crinkling. It's just beautiful.
0: You know what? I changed my vote. I vote for Resident Evil 3. Yeah,
2: I convinced somebody.
0: Zach.
2: Yeah, I, I think it Resident Evil 3 too. I agree with it, Especially the horror point was pretty good.
0: It really it really is. I mean, horror is all about immersion, and that was a great point on Zar's part. Is honestly though, I could have flipped that over to The Last of Us Part 2 because that's kind of like that has horror aspects, but it's more action adventure. So you know what? Resident Evil 3 does deserve that. I will give that to you, Zar. Yeah, yeah, Resident Evil's on the docket. All right, so next up we've got Best Performance awarded to an individual for voice over acting, motion and or performance capture. So first, we have Ashley Johnson as Ellie from The Last of Us Part 2, Laura Bailey as Abby from The Last of Us Part 2, Daisuke Suji as Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima, Logan Cunningham as Hades from Hades, and Najee Jeter as Miles Morales from Spider-Man's Miles Morales. Can I go first? I think it's really yeah, you can go first, but I think it's really funny how
1: there are two characters in The Last of Us 2 that made it onto this category.
0: Look, I mean, like for a game like The Last of Us Part 2, what sells it is voice acting. Everything else could have been great, but the performance of the actors is really what brings the game to life. And Ashley Johnson as Ellie and Laura Bailey as Abby, whether you loved the game, hated the game, loved the characters, hated the characters, they nailed their roles. That being said, this is actually a really, really hard category for me because, so automatically, I have a three-way tie in my head right now. And that's what's making this hard. Ashley Johnson is Ellie. Oh, I know who they are, Can I guess. Yep, who's the last one? Miles Morales. You, you're damn right. <laughs> Najee Jeter is Miles Morales. because, And I'm a little biased because I just got done. I literally beat Miles Morales this morning. You know what? I think I do have to give this to... Oh, you know what? Actually, I don't know. Hey,
1: you wanted to go first.
0: If we're if it's going to be someone from The Last of Us, I'd rather give it to Ashley Johnson as Ellie than Laura Bailey as Abby. Laura Bailey did a fantastic job, but Ashley Johnson as Ellie, I mean, her performance was mostly what killed me most of the time. Whether it was the scene where Joel died or the ending of the game or like her screams when she's having these psychological, mental breakdowns after she couldn't kill Abby, Ashley Johnson as Elliot absolutely killed it. On the other hand, Najee Jeter as Miles Morales Morales also killed it. I think that Miles Morales is, in general, an important game because it kind of helps to break down these stereotypes of what a black superhero has to be like. And Najee Jeter's performance helps to break down that barrier. But you know what? If I had to give it to one of them, it'd probably be Ashley Johnson as Ellie. Zach, what do you think? <sighs> yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's what's great about these. I love the discussion. They're all hard.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'll give it to uh, Naja Jeter as Miles Morales for the same points JP gives. I just think it was a very good experience and I think it's kind of hard to make a superhero more relatable, but I I don't think that's what's special about Spider-Man as a character overall is he's just so relatable. Najee Jeter did a very good job of keeping that realism and just making him an awesome superhero that you want to model yourself after.
1: So I've got a couple points here and my vote is down to Ashley Johnson and Niger Jeter, uh, naturally. Okay. But what I'm on the fence about is idle, idle side chatter. you know, While you're playing the game, Spider-Man has always had that notion of, not exactly that he's making fun of the player, but like, oh, I gotta go save this person. And then five minutes later, I better get to this area to save this person.
0: Oh, that's totally
1: fair. And it's just over and over. And I mean, yeah, I know that's part of the process and that's just part of moving the game forward, re- reminding players what they're supposed to do but it gets a little distracting. And I mean, clearly Najir's heart was in this project because during the cutscenes scenes and when his role is front and center, he just knocks it out of the park. Phenomenal voice actor. On the other hand, Ashley Johnson as Ellie is also a phenomenal voice actor because you really feel the emotion like- Right stepping away from this whole project and observing it as its individual components you know editing production voice acting all that stuff you really feel like ashley johnson is in whatever situation she's in if she's crying you feel like they're real tears if she's angry you feel like she's really angry exactly and there's there's none there's not much of that side chatter like she'll kind of talk to the player a little bit here and there but not near as much as in spider-man uh, in spite of everything i said i'm gonna have to give it to najir though what and really like, in spite of everything i said i know that is it,
0: Na- it naji
1: or najir i think it's Najir or naji naji there's no r in, in his yeah. name N- naji my mistake i apologize i just uh, i don't know i just feel like his role as spider-man is spider-man like he he talks like how you would expect spider-man to talk and yeah i just i just really think that it's got to go to miles morales wow that was that was a spin around i really thought you were about to give it to ashley johnson I honestly was, it was on the tip of my tongue, but last minute something in my brain was like, no, it's gotta go to Najee Jeter.
0: All right, Najee Jeter, best performance award. Next up, we've got games for impact for a thought provoking game with a pro social meaning or message. I love these categories because this is where you start to get into like my realm of like indie games that I love. So what we have up is if found, Kentucky Route Zero, TV edition, spiritfarer i'm not gonna lie i read that as spirit farter spirit farter <laughs> tell me why and through the darkest of times all right so i'm guessing you two haven't really don't know much about any of these games so if you'd like i can get started yeah go for it czar tell me why was actually developed by don't nod which is you know uh for Vampire and Life is Strange, the uh, their four IPs, <laughs> five. Thank you very much. Five now. Um, Spirit Farer was one of the games that was actually featured on one of the Nintendo Switch Directs that was held somewhat recently, within the last couple of months. Through the Darkest of Times was actually kind of this random game that came about on my or sur- on my radar within the last couple of months, and I haven't tried it yet. But from my understanding. It's kind of got a really brilliant art style to it, Czar. It's almost like another one of those adventures. Like, um, what's the horror game that you bought that one day that I was playing with you?
1: Oh, um, it was something with Plagues. Markiplier played it. Um, It's like the Dream Chronicles or something, Nightmare.
0: Yeah, something like that. It kind of hits home with that in its art style.
1: I I have actually seen Through the Darkest of Times. I've looked into that because I was kind of curious about it.
0: I am going to be very biased on my opinion here and give this to tell me why. Because, the I mean, I know for all the shit that I gave to Don't Not Entertainment last week when I was talking about Life is Strange, there still is pretty good impact to be had with these games. And the only thing that stops the emotions from really seeping in is some of the terrible voice acting that can come up sometimes and some of the bad writing. But Don't Not Entertainment's gotten a lot better with that over the years. Even if you look at like Life is Strange compared to Life is Strange 2, Life is Strange 2 was much more believable and had much more impact. If they had used Life is Strange 1's story with Life is Strange 2's like voice acting and better writing, you would have had a much better game. And from Tell Me Why, you can really see the improvement that Don't Not has made in that category. And when Don't Nod games have something to say, they can really hit home. And that's why I want to give this to Tell Me Why.
2: You're here and seconded. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks Zach for
1: your assertion. It's a really interesting notion. You know, how much we crapped on Don't Nod
0: last week. And now we're trying to give them an award.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I you're right. It's a process, you know, you gotta make a couple crappy omelets to make a good one um and i think they they really nailed it with tell me why the impact of these of the two people that are the main characters in the story that they journey on together is just oh it's heart moving it really pulls at every emotion and is beautifully done and you know there's still the Awkward voice acting, like you said, JP, and... Oh, yeah,
0: it's not gone. It's not gone. Just not as bad.
1: (laughs) And the facial animations still aren't great, but, like, this is still a very new studio, and to see something so emotionally monumentous come from them as a young developer is... It just blows me away. And on the other hand, even though Through the Darkest of Times has kind of a cartoony art style... It is still just as impacting with emotion. Although the narrative is a little bit off and some of the aspects of the game don't mesh well, it's still a very emotional journey, but I still gotta give it to Tell Me Why.
0: I think they got my vote. All right, unanimously we have picked Tell Me Why for games for impact. That being said, I do wanna try If Found, um, because that it, it reminds me a lot of a game that was actually up for the same award a couple of years ago called Florence that I really enjoyed. Um, and through the darkest of times, I do want to give a shot to as well. And the great thing about these games is they never cost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, uh, but yeah, just the emotional impact of Tell Me
1: Why is it, it'll stay with you. It totally deserves it.
0: All right. So the next category is Best Ongoing. This is awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that involves the player experience over time. The contestants here are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. All right. No. No to wh- no to which one, Zach? I, I just want to skip it. <laughs> okay, no. Okay, there's a lot to be said about this category.
2: Okay. Multiplayer... I love multiplayer, but whatever, JP, just go off chest, man, whatever you want. <laughs> All
0: right. Okay, so I've got, okay, listen, 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 listen. I've got two games here that I think deserve this award. Apex Legends is one of the games. So, look, Fortnite has, it's another Battle Royale. Fortnite's been going on for a long time now. And Warzone has gotten its feet wet like a year ago, but it's going really, really strong. But Apex Legends, in my opinion, has offered some of the better gameplay over time and more of the big things that gamers want to keep people enticed to go in. You've got great characters, you've got a great art style, great weapons, great gameplay, and they just did crash platform gaming, which is not nothing. And you can't count that out because that's
1: huge.
0: Apex Legends players have been stoked lately with the new seasons because they really feel like they're getting a lot with those new seasons. And you know what? I hats off to Respawn Studios, which is by EA, technically. And I hate giving any sort of credit to EA. You know that. But Apex Legends has been going strong, offering a lot to its players, and it may not have the biggest fan base for Battle Royales, but it's got one of the most loyal now. No Man's Sky is literally one of the most notoriously bad launch games that have ever come out. But in the process of trying to reinvent itself and give back to players who did support the game, have made something very special to the point where it's at a very good place right now. And I think that deserves to be recognized. And that's kind of my thoughts on that. Um, No Man's Sky, it's, uh, you know, the space adventure. The original complaint was that there was just nothing to the, there was nothing to do. It was collect materials, build the thing, go place, collect materials, build thing. They've added a lot of substance to No Man's Sky. And for a launch that bad, that took place almost four years ago at this point, to be developing a really loyal base, that's not nothing. So you know what? I actually think I want to give this to No Man's Sky.
2: Oh, fair enough. Those are my points. <laughs> no, no, sorry, it's my turn. Okay. I'm say No Man's Sky has <laughs> like, completely turned around their product, and um, it definitely started from a really, really low place, and it's still doing its best to continue and uh, win back that fan base, which is obviously very hard. And so, yeah, I second the No Man's Sky vote, and Zar, thinks let me talk. It's your turn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. first and foremost, I think we should change this category from Best Ongoing to Most Microtransactions. (laughs) All of these games are microtransaction riddled. Anywho, I cannot give this to Call of Duty at all. Call of Duty should not be considered ongoing because, well, we already have Cold War that just got released. And so that means that, you know, everybody's going to forget about previous CODs. I don't understand why it's on the docket.
0: More so because it's the first Call of Duty to include some type of Battle Royale, which, as you know, has been the gameplay over the last few years that was mostly started up by games like PUBG and Fortnite. But still, you make a good point. Yeah,
1: so Call of Duty is out for me. I can't support Destiny 2 because of all the mistakes they've made in the past and how they've been trying to rectify it with players. And yeah, you ask any Destiny player right now, they say it's a good time to be a Destiny player, but a year or two ago, nah, a lot of people fell out of it. So I can't give it to Destiny. Fortnite, I appreciate everything you do for babysitting 10 year olds, keeping them out of my <laughs> I'm sorry, you're great. I love that you're a babysitter, but I can't give it to you either. So that means it's between Apex and No Man's Sky. And I love the points that you guys brought up, especially with No Man's Sky, how they really are correcting everything and giving everything back to the player. On the other hand, Apex completely popped up out of nowhere and just totally took the game market by storm. Everyone I know that Battle Royales, well, except for Zach, plays Apex and they are really into it. Hey.
0: <laughs> hey, <laughs> I love it <all> when <laughs> that comes <concept. laughs> out.
1: But I, I think at the end of the day, I am gonna have to give it to No Man's Sky just from hey. how they started with nothing and built their way onto the game awards docket. Like they are, they're doing great. Keep up the great work, Hello
0: Games. Well said, well said. All right, Best Ongoing goes to No Man's Sky. So next we are doing Best Indie. Ooh, fun category. Yeah, this is one of my favorite. Hades, Hades,
2: Hades, 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 <laughs> 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 Okay, okay. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be Hades because it's a roguelike and they totally invested in Hades and they did such a good job with so little and it's indie darling. Um, hold on, what else did I miss? Just give me they, a second. <laughs> they built the entire story around the greek mythology and they embraced it and they have some uh, they're not the best at anything but but they're still up there And i think that's so awesome and you better do fall guys i love fall guys but hades really did a, a special thing that's all i gotta say zach was really waiting for this guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like he's cr- zach are you crying <laughs> i'm not crying you are <laughs> crying <laughs> I relate because <laughs> my dad hated me, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: so sad. <laughs> okay. Best indie for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Carry On, Fallout or Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, Hades, Spelunky 2, and Spiritfarer. And you know what's funny is I was going to agree with Zach anyway. I think this should go to Hades. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm all flustered now because Zach made me laugh. Zach, you're you're a funny guy, Zach. Just to throw a wrench into all this, JP is going
2: to have an assertion. Hey, uh, my dad does love me. I just, I just want to mention. <laughs> just in case he's listening. Shout out to Gary. <laughs> Gary, why aren't you subbed yet, Gary? Come on, Gary.
0: <laughs> Gary and Kathy, get on that. Where you at? All right. I agree completely with Zach. There's nothing I can say about Hades that he did not beautifully just put for us. On the other hand, I think Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout really made a splash and deserves a little bit of the spotlight here. My problem with Fall Guys, the only thing that's stopping me from 100% just saying um, I think it should be Fall Guys is the fact that it came and went in the spotlight so quickly, thanks to a little game called um, Among Us. I don't know if you guys have heard of it.
1: Yeah, you know, you said we should give a little limelight to Fall Guys because that's exactly how much limelight they had. amongst Us
0: <laughs> So with that being said, I mean, there's so much substance to Hades and Zach was right about every point that he made. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout is a great party game had a lot to offer players, but it is a flavor of the month. And that is, that's not even an opinion. It was literally the flavor of the month. And so I'll give that to Hades. Best Indie goes to Hades, I can do that.
1: Yeah, you know, Fall Guys deserves a lot more and I really want to cast a vote for Fall Guys, but it just got so overshadowed by Among Us. And I mean, it sucks because this is the only family-friendly battle royale out there, you know? you. From generation to generation, like kid to grandparents, everybody can have fun with this game. Um, what about Animal Crossing's are? Well, yeah, but that's not multiplayer.
0: Oh, I was thought you were bi- I was trying to set you up to be like, oh, but that's not a battle royale. I'm like, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> and it's
1: not an indie. Ah, uh, that's fair. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you guys. There are a lot of fun. Phenomenal choices on the docket. Spelunky 2 is great. We've talked about Carry On. It's a cool game, but Hades stands above all of them. That Greek mythology is amazing. And they had not a lot to work with, but really pulled everything off well.
0: All right, best indie goes to Hades. And what's funny was I was thinking about downloading this game. This might have just concreted that opinion.
1: I, th- I think it's funny that this game has made it on like four different categories. Yeah. There's always one
0: wild card, wild card, wild card, bitches that comes out every year. And Hades, the cool thing about Hades is it's not that old either. So I really want to give this a go. All right, next up we have best mobile game. Oh, here we go. Speaking of games that <laughs> overshadowed, yeah, Among Us. Let's go for the best game playable on a mobile device. Uh, Among Us, Call of Duty Mobile, Genshin Impact. Legend of Rune Terra and Pokemon Cafe Mix. There's no competition. I'm gonna give this to Among
2: Us. Yeah, do we even have a debate here?
0: I liked Pokemon Cafe mix.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Genshin Impact is a great game, but if you play it on mobile, you're sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's COD. I no, no, we're not even no having COD. this No COD. We're not having this conversation. I okay. I will say that I'm going to give it to Among Us on me, but Pokemon Cafe Mix did have a little special place in my heart. That game was fun and free. We all know we're going to vote for Among Us. Fine, fine, fine. (laughs) Best mobile game goes to Among Us. All right. Best community support. Recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity, and game updates slash patches. The contenders here are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, and Valorant. Let's discuss.
2: Uh, motion to skip?
0: Denied. <laughs> on, man, there's a lot that can be said about some of the games in this category. If it'll help, let's start by talking about who I don't think deserves it. Fortnite. Definitely. Destiny 2. And Valorant was fun, but like, I feel like there's three other games here that deserve that more. I think we could really knock this down to Apex Legends, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and No Man's Sky. Well, I
1: think you got to look at this from... It, it, it is best community support, so you've got to look at the player community. Obviously, with Fortnite, you just got a bunch of 10-year-olds, and it's toxic as hell. With Fall Guys, you got a bunch of really cool t- Twitch streamers that play and interact. But what really shines out to me is No Man's Sky, because they had mm. such horrible reception. Everybody hated it. But the community still supported the project and reaped the rewards from the game developers because they listened. And so based off of the community interaction between the developers and just your average gamer, I got to give this to No Man's Sky.
0: You know what? I agree with everything that you just said. I would be willing to give this one to No Man's Sky as well. Although I will make a case for... Apex Legends, because again, the community loves its updates. But I do think No Man's Sky is really deserving of this award.
2: I feel like maybe this is where we should put our um, vote for No Man's Sky, and then Apex Legends should be our other one. Then,
0: well, it's like I feel like there should be a compromise. When it's just that I really feel like No Man's Sky really, really deserves the best community support. I mean, Zar made the best point there of like they really listened, and it's not just about the games. It's not just about Hello Games listening. It's about a community that literally refused to give up on what this game could be. You know? It's like they saw the potential and instead of just like saying, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be and ditching it like I probably would have fucking done, they were like, no, there's a lot of potential to be had here and I want you to make this game what you think it could be because you have something special here and we want to see you reach that potential. Absolutely. Great community. What do you think, Zach? No
2: Man's Sky it is.
0: No Man's Sky it is. Best Community Support. All right, here's an interesting category. Next up, we've got the best virtual reality or augmented reality. For the best game experience, playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform, we have Dreams, Half-Life Alex, Marvel's Iron Man VR, Star Wars Squadrons, and The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. All right, Czar, this is where I would be willing to give it to Half-Life Atlas.
1: Ooh, I I disagree with that. Really? Um, yeah. When you have VR slash AR, you know, you expect a lot. You expect immersion. And I just don't see that with a first person shooter because, you know, it it still feels to me like you're watching a TV. You know, it's still just a first person shooter. Where I think this category really shines is Iron Man and Squadrons, because that gives you a sickening experience. Like you fly, you do barrel rolls. You just, you feel like you're not sitting on your couch. And I I think that both games did it phenomenally because I've heard so much good reception about Iron Man, but I love flying ships in Star Wars. That was always my favorite thing to do in Battlefront. And with a VR setting, it just is amazing for Star Wars Squadron. So that one
2: has to be my vote. Uh, You just motivated me to go for Star Wars. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm on that board. I think Iron Man was cool, but I don't know. I feel like VR is just hard to always gauge on. JP, have you played either of these? I haven't played
0: a single one of these games, to be honest.
2: I was going to say, I trust you in this sentiment here because I haven't played these games. I feel like they were talked about, they came out, and then it was just dead on reception afterwards. Some of them were.
0: Uh, Dreams was popular momentarily. Uh, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, I honestly haven't heard too much about. And that leaves us with the three in the middle. Now, Half-Life Alex. I've watched people play Half-Life Alex, and although... They were excited to get Half-Life games again. Zar's point earlier was, I mean, when you have virtual reality, sometimes it can feel more like a gimmick gimmick that you're working with instead of an actual game. And I had a lot of reception that Half-Life Alex kind of gives you that feel, that it's not a true successor of Half-Life. That leaves us with Iron Man VR and Star Wars Squadrons, and... The only reason I'm a little hesitant of giving it to Star Wars Squadrons is because when PSVR first came out and you had Battlefront, the latest Battlefront for PS4, there was a little VR mission for uh, you know, going in the X-Wing and flying around, and it was fun but it was also kind of shallow in what you could do and the gameplay and not a lot of returnability or replayability and I just don't know if I was kind of getting that same notion from squadrons or not. You know what I mean? Not to say that, you know, the story was epic in Iron Man VR either, but that you just got a little bit more out of what you were getting. But that being said, it can kind of teeter-totter either way on this one for me. Because I, Star Wars Squadrons, I'm not going to say it's not fun. So if you guys would be comfortable giving this one to Star Wars Squadrons, you know what? I'm in. That's my vote. All right. Best VR experience goes to Star Wars Squadrons. All right, so next category, innovation and accessibility. Recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. We have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Grounded, HyperDot, The Last of Us Part 2, and Watchdog Lesions. You know what? I wanted to give this one to Valhalla because Assassin's Creed Valhalla was part of the whole shebang that really pushed the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox to what we could have expected it to be with this point. When the solid state drive was implemented, it was thinking about the shit load times in Assassin's Creed. (laughs) I hate to say that, but it's partially true. Oh, yeah, their load times are bad. It's terrible. Valhalla is part of like the wave of getting us to where we wanted to be with current gen gaming. So I wanted to give this one to Assassin's Creed Valhalla.
1: I am gonna have to disagree because as far as innovation goes, I think Grounded nailed it. It's such a different, cool concept. Just watching your childhood mates be devoured by giant spiders and ants. I think it's a really cool team building game that we just haven't seen before. Um, I, I can't remember a time when I fought like giant bugs that aren't actually giant. I I just all so cool. And it all worked so well. I love grounded. I I've been playing it nonstop and it's so much fun.
2: I would second that one. I'm going to go with grounded. The, The problem
1: with Assassin's Creed is, I mean, it's innovative. You make a lot of good points with the solid state drive and the reduction of loading times. But it is just another Assassin's Creed game. Like, yes, they implement new things and new ways to play the game, but as far as innovating the industry,
0: I don't see too much of that. It's just not obscure enough for me. You know what? That's a fair point. I'll give this one to Grounded. Innovation and accessibility goes to Grounded. All right, next up, we've got Best Action. For the best game in the action genre, focused primarily on combat. We have Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life, Alex, Neo 2, and Streets of Rage 4. Okay, I want to give this one to Doom Eternal. Ditto. I also do as well. We cuz we kind of snubbed it earlier with that long discussion there, and it's not like I'm like, "Oh, let's just give it to Doom Eternal." Doom Eternal really does deserve best action game. I mean,
1: when you think of action, you think of the non-stop running and gunning that is Doom. Like you get you get bonuses and power-ups for killing enemies faster and never
0: stopping to, uh, never stop moving. Exactly. Best action goes to Doom Eternal. That was easy. Alright, this one will not be. (laughs) Best action adventure for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. We've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Miles, or Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and The Last of Us Part too. Zart, why don't you go first with your opinions? All right, well, one one notion sticks out pretty heavily
1: for me because you, you've got best action-adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. And so what it comes down to for me is how many puzzles do you solve in these games? And really only with Ori and the Will of the Wisps kind of stands out as that achievement through puzzle solving and traversion unfortunately i i feel like that's lacking a little bit in combat like it's a very very good action adventure game especially with traversal and puzzle solving but as far as combat not so much okay i really i really like ghosts of sushi i think that the the lore that you're trying to piece together, mixed with such a fluid, immersive combat, and there are a lot of free roaming and exploration aspects to this game. I think I'm I'm gonna have to give it to Ghost of Sushima.
2: Same. All
0: right. Um. With Spider with Spider Man's Miles Morales, I got the same incredible combat that I got from the first Spider Man game. And that's actually part of the problem. Miles Morales does have a couple of new powers with his Venom Shock and his invisibility. The problem is that it just wasn't different enough to be able to justify a 50 to $70 game, especially when the story mode you can get through in about eight hours. So-
1: Oh, that's a short game. I didn't know that.
0: Now, given there is a ton of replayability, there's a new game plus, and there's so much extra stuff to do around the city. And there's a ton of extra side missions. There's you could spend twenty to twenty five hours in the game. It's just that the main story itself, even when I was going around doing a bunch of stuff, I got through it in less than ten hours. So that's why I'm discounting Marvel Spider-Man a little bit. And then The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima. There was a ton of dialogue and narrative going into The Last of Us Part Two, and The traversal was fantastic, but the Ghost of Tsushima I think was a little bit better. The puzzle solving in The Last of Us Part 2 was... there was none. And Ghost of Tsushima, there wasn't a ton either, but there was a little bit more. And overall, I don't know, with the ambience and the combination of things, and it might be the controversy strifling me a little bit, I'd be okay with giving this to Ghost of Tsushima. Ghosts of Sushi, it is. Alright, Sucker Punch. Best action adventure game goes to Ghosts of Tsushima. Alright, best RPG. Oh, this is Zach's category. Yeah. For the best design with or for the best game design with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. This goes or the categories here are the contenders here are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact. Persona 5 Royale, Wasteland 3, and Yakuza Like a Dragon.
2: Zach, why don't you take the floor? Yeah, so I think it's really only between those first three that you mentioned, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Genshin Impact, and Persona 5 Royal. Uh, Persona 5 Royal was great, but it really didn't add anything new or, I mean, it did add some new things, but nothing that was like, wowzers. When did that come out, like February? I Maybe mean, that's why it just doesn't seem so wowzers
0: yeah and the problem where i agree with you zach is persona 5 is a 100 hour long game okay it's long it's long long royal did not add enough to justify another playthrough so i agree with you there what about
2: the uh what about the first two yeah so i think genshin impact is where everyone who plays mmo is going to pick that one because it's breath of the wild but for an mmo and i really don't like it because i don't like the art style and i also just think it's um, just not my cup of tea. So with that, Final Fantasy Seven remake would definitely be my vote.
0: Okay, okay, Zara, yeah. what about you?
1: Yeah, you know, as as far as role playing games go, you got to look at at the level up systems, the character progressions, and I think no genre or no developer does that better than Square Enix. I got to give it to Final Fantasy Seven. It is a tried and true RPG.
0: As someone who loves Persona Five Royale, I just gave my opinion. Royale did not give you enough new content to justify another hundred-hour playthrough of its game. Final Fantasy 7 Remake reimagined the entire world of one of the most su- successful Final Fantasy games of all time. So, my vote's right there with you. All right, best RPG goes to Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Best fighting game for the best design, or pri- er, for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat. We have. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter 5 Champion Edition, One Punch Man, A Hero Nobody Knows, and Under Night and Birth EXE Late CLR. What is that name? <laughs> it's like dot .hack sign. Oh my God. All right. So fighting games usually are not my cup of tea. I'm not big into fighting games. So I'll leave this up to you guys to kind of lead off the conversation. Oh, I am terrible at at fighting
1: games, but to me, there's only two choices here. The epitome of fighting, and that is Mortal Kombat 11 and Street Fighter V. First Smash. Smash came out last year. They were on the docket last year.
2: Mortal Kombat then. Next (laughs) one.
1: (laughs) I'm actually going to have to agree with Mortal Kombat. It's... It's so iconic. Everybody knows what Mortal Kombat
0: is and they always add new things. See, I would have given that to Street Fighter, in my opinion, just because like Mortal Kombat's old, but Street Fighter is where it all began. And like this was a definitive edition where you got so much stuff for that.
2: Saw Dukin. after they boned you dry with the eventual starter edition. So this is what they should have released like five years ago.
0: You know what? That's a fantastic point. I'm comfortable giving this to Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. No, Sorduken. Oh, here's one. Best family game. For the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform, the contenders are Animal Crossing New Horizons, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, Minecraft Dungeons, and Paper Mario The Origami King.
2: I think all these games have a place and, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think one that it's definitely something that I just saw blow up over social media and something that families could do together all the time. It had to be animal crossing new horizons.
0: That is exactly what I was about to say and not to discount whoever made these categories, but they seem to be confusing best family game with most cartoony art style because crash bandicoot four is an incredibly difficult platformer. That is not good for the family. Yeah, let's see like five-year-olds play that game. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna fly. Animal Crossing New Horizons got us through this pandemic. Let's be honest with ourselves here.
2: Is the pandemic over, man?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. It's never over. It's never gonna be over. But at least I have Animal Crossing to thank for getting me for, through the first three months. It was, There's so much replay, replayability and actual fun to be had in Animal Crossing. It's a, in my opinion, the true best family game. You might be able to give that to Mario Kart Live Home Circuit or maybe on a stretch Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, but neither of those games hold a light to Animal Crossing and what that has done for us this year. Oh, but guys, 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 guys. If you say Paper Mario.
1: No, 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 not Paper Mario. The point I'm trying to make here is accessibility to all ages, like bringing up the five-year-old point again do you think a five-year-old's really going to be able to figure out Animal Crossing and like everything to do there? Like, yeah, it's a super family-friendly game because, you know, it's not mature at all.
0: Right. But like, how
1: likely are kids going to pick it up and be interested in it?
0: And that's a decent point, except that kids don't care about the progression they have in Animal Crossing. They don't care about terraforming. They don't care about any of that stuff. What they care about is the the colorful items and (laughs) <laughs> Look at the funny cartoon animal. Oh, that's fair. I
1: I know there's a majority rule here, but I got to give my vote to Fall Guys just because really? of how wholesome it changed the game industry. Because yeah, the, those five-year-olds all the way up to 90-year-olds could play Fall Guys. Anybody could pick up this game. It's super simple. It's super fun. And it brought a lot of families close together for the month that it was highlighted. <laughs> I So, my vote has to go there just because of the accessibility to children.
2: And I would say your point is the exact same for Animal Crossing. I think what you said, like what JP said, I I just think that um, Animal Crossing is definitely accessible to children. I just think you're trying to make it sound more complicated than it is, Zar.
0: Hmm. It's too (laughs) complicated for me. That's it. Minecraft Dungeons. (laughs) (laughs) Renegade for life. I'm sorry, Zar. I've got to stay with Animal Crossing, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah. I knew there was a majority vote. I just had to share my two
0: cents. I know you did, buddy. All right, best sin slash strategy. Best game focused on real time or turn-based simulations on strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. We have Crusader Kings 3, Desperados 3, Gears Tactics, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and XCOM Chimera Squad. All right, I'm going to be honest. I don't know about any of these games, except for Microsoft Flight Simulator, which I know all the big YouTubers had a heyday with.
1: I, I just don't see that too much as a strategy game. I mean, I guess it is best sim slash strategy. So yeah, that kind of changes my mind. I, I was thinking it was either going to be Gears Tactic or the Flight Simulator. And I was kind of leaning towards Gears Tactic because it is a strategy game by all rights. And it's a lot of fun but Microsoft Flight Simulator has been something I've played all throughout school, just in off time in like shop lab labs and everything. It's and so fun. It is, it is so much fun and it is, you know, basically like getting your pilot's license. Don't don't try to certify yourself through this game, but <laughs> it is really accurate. So I'm gonna have to give it to Flight Simulator. It's really cool and I can't believe it's on the docket. So I wanna see it win. Zach, what do you think?
0: I don't have much say in this one, so
1: I will
2: go with says. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, I don't have much uh, interesting to add either. So, uh, best sim strategy will go to Microsoft Flight Simulator. All right. Best sports racing game for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game. Because, you know, the three of us absolutely love sports games. Tony Hawk. I'm I'm going (laughs) to. Okay. Yeah, honestly. let me. Okay. So, on the docket is Dirt 5, F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K21 and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. There is a legit reason why I think it should be Tony Hawk, though. And FIFA games, sports games, they're never any different from the previous year. Neither is NBA 2K21, so those two are automatically eliminated. Dirt 5 and F1 2020, I mean, you're not getting much of a different experience there either. You really aren't. You just get updated graphics. Exactly. Exactly. But Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 brought back a beloved game from about two decades ago, two beloved games, updated graphics, added a ton of things you could do while keeping all of the old skins and skateboards. And I think it deserves to have that spot for best uh, sports game.
1: I agree 100%. It's, it just comes down to what is the difference. And the difference between NBA 2K20-21 20 to 21, There's nothing. And that goes the same for the previous four games. Tony Hawk is just a revival of amazingness.
0: Zach is actually a huge skateboarder. So Zach, am I safe to assume it's Tony Hawk for you, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We've got best sports and racing game goes to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. All right. We've got one more category before we get to game of the year. And that is best multiplayer game. For outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. The contenders are Animal Crossing New Horizons, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. Zach, why don't you start the
2: conversation? Uh, all five of these games are great. Uh, Animal Crossing, I think, is the only one that I can instantly say is not really going to win Best Multiplayer, because that's probably one with its weaker points, You know, they have kind of updated a little bit.
0: I 100% agree.
2: Um, Valorant is great. Call of Duty Warzone is great. But I'd still say it's between Among Us and Fall Guys because they were two phenomenons. And I think with what we said earlier, I think Among Us has stood more than just a month. So with that, it gets my vote. Um, just because it's it's huge. It's so huge. It's
1: everywhere right now in... When I look at this category, I have to think, how does the community interact with each other? Like, do you just run past the person to help them kill the next guy like you do in COD? Or like push people off the edge and fall guys? Or are you actually interacting with the other online players like among us? And so right Front and forward, I have to give this to Among Us just because of the interaction that players are forced to have online. I mean, in any of those other games, yeah, you can talk to each other. I mean, I guess in Animal Crossing, it's minimal chat functioning, but like you're just yelling at the other person how stupid they are or to go get this kill. (laughs) In Among Us, oh man, the conversations you see, like I've seen everything from like people lying through their teeth and winning the game because every other non-imposter got ejected out to space to even a heartwarming tale where some 10 year old joined in Among Us server and was like, hey guys, uh, it's my birthday. Can we all wear party hats? And not a single person in that lobby did not wear a party hat. Like everybody wore a party hat for this kid on his birthday. Gotta give it to Among Us. The interaction is amazing.
0: You both have fantastic points. And I mean, the splash that this game has made. And I mean, the sheer amount of just like Fall Guys had its place. We've talked about that and it's well made and it's fun. Among Us has been just, it's had such a much bigger cultural impact in light of the pandemic and what we've been playing lately. So I completely agree. Best multiplayer should go to Among Us. All right. One category left. We are skipping over um, all of the eSports things and the content creator of the year because there is just simply not enough input we would be able to give on any of that. And that leaves us with the game of the year. Ooh, the heavyweight title. All right. So we've got six titles for game of the year. Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. We've got Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part 2. Peaches actually reached out to me and said, what would you do with Animal Crossing New Horizons one Game of the Year? And I said, I don't think it deserves Game of the Year, but what makes the ga- the Game Awards great is that it's voted on by the fans of gaming. So even though I wouldn't agree, I would respect that decision. That being said... Animal Crossing does not deserve game of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how this is going to me is like, instead of starting from who's the best, it's like, who should we narrow it off of? Animal Crossing was great, but it had way too many problems with itself for me to be able to give it game of the year, mostly with a game that's supposed to be about being family friendly and cooperative with friends. But the co-op was not that great. You can. Yeah, sure. You can run around other people's islands and you can walk around and you can have a good time. But there's just not a lot to do once you get there unless you have permission you can't really interact with the island that much it's just i don't know there's not a lot of value to be had there and despite the fact that i love animal crossing i think it's a fantastic game there were there's just simply better games here so that's eliminating animal crossing new horizons does anybody oppose that see i was gonna have animal crossing as
1: one of my like top two choice top three maybe choices Just because of how it got us through this year. I mean, it was so hype. And hell, it was big enough to kill the hype of Doom Eternal. Like, it overshadowed that game. That's true. Um, You do make a lot of good points, though, because this is a category that is overarching to every other category. Like, it has to be flawless in everything. And
2: which there's a lot of games that aren't flawless here. I mean, like you just said it yourself, like Animal Crossing totally got rid of Doom Eternal, so we can kind of mark that off too, can't we?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say.
2: And then uh, Final Fantasy VII, Animal Crossing, and Last of Us Part Two were all amazing games, but they all had their own flaws, correct? Oh, absolutely. Well, well, that's
0: not, yeah, that's not to say that there's no flaws to be found in any of these games. I, there's. We've been over this. There's no such thing as a perfect game. Just off the bat, I can say for sure that Animal Crossing New Horizons does not deserve Game of the Year. And if it beat Doom Eternal, I don't think Doom Eternal can be Game of the Year either. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I mean, it was gonna be
1: one of my top choices, but I really don't think I could cast my vote to Animal Crossing just because of the flaws it has. And really, I mean, it's, it's very niche. It's very much like you have to be in the mood to play it or just so mind numbed that you're grinding. Right. Yeah, I can't give it to it, but it is definitely deserving of this category.
0: So that would leave for me Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. So another easy choice for me, in my opinion, is to get Hades off that list. We know that Supergiant did a fantastic game of bringing Hades to the front light here and making it a stellar game with a small team that has a lot to offer for a very reasonable price tag. That being said, I just don't think it can compete right now with any of these other AAA games. I mean, not to say Hades isn't good, but to say it was as good as Ghost of Tsushima or the last or final fantasy seven or the last of us i think is just blatantly incorrect
1: i i wholeheartedly agree with that as well i mean it would be amazing to see an indie game win game of the year but the fact of the matter is at least in this category and these selection of games that we have it just it can't hold up to a triple a title like the last of us and ghost of tsushima
0: exactly So Zach, what are you feeling? I know that was kind of, I know that you really liked Hades and you had a lot going for that, but do you agree with what Zara and I have been saying here? Yep. So that leaves us with Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghosts of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part II. Now this is the real fight because-
1: I think we can take Ghosts of Sushi out though. Really? I do, I really do. I think this comes down to Final Fantasy and The Last of Us. Um, Ghosts of Tsushima was phenomenal. Uh, It even got our boat in a couple categories. Several. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Several. But I just don't see enough substance here. I just, it's a really cool original IP, but it just doesn't feel like it stands out as much as these other
0: gigantic games. That is totally fair. And it, but it just doesn't seem fair to undermine it yet. I, I see what you're saying and it, it's hard because it makes it sound like we're saying that it's not full of substance. It's like, this is up for game of the year. And at this point, we're just like nitpicking things about each one of these games to try and pit it against the other one. You know? Well,
2: that's the cool thing. It's totally subjective. And that's the best part about it. And so with that saying, Sar, I think last of Us part two does not deserve to be, I mean, I think it's a great game. Don't get me be wrong, but it's not game of the year in my mind. It's just, its story was way too, I don't know, the story was just not there. They were very divisive. They're, I don't know, just for me, it just didn't stick or hit like it was going to. And it just kind of, after they got over the controversy, people played the game and they're like, that's that.
1: Yeah, basically. And I mean, I understand the whole narrative and story aspect of switching from Ellie to Abby halfway through the game, but... I think that would be one of my biggest complaints. A lot of people did not enjoy that losing all their inventory playing as the person that they're trying to kill. I mean, it was a cool direction, but I just think they didn't hit their
0: mark enough. That it's so hard to hear. You know you guys know it's so hard for me to hear that because I really wanted this game to be good and it was good. But I figured this was going to be game of the year good and the fact is you guys are completely right there's substance it was a fantastic game but it just had so much working against it and the only uh, like of all the complaints that we talked about in my review of the game the only one i can wholeheartedly say that i sort of agree with was the halfway switch of not being ellie anymore and playing as abby Because what they were trying to do was make you feel for Abby, right? They wanted you to see her side of the story, to gain her perspective so that you would feel bad for her and be conflicted when the time comes for her and Ellie to fight for the last time. And I still wanted Ellie to kick her ass. I still wanted Abby to lose. I wanted Abby to die, is what I wanted. And she did not die. And I know that ruins the point of the ending, where Ellie gets to finally make her own decision and choose not to kill Abby. But that's what Ellie wanted, not what JP wanted. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I just don't like that
1: that direction because I mean they what they were trying to accomplish was an emotional attachment to the antagonist, but to do that they forced the player to play as the antagonist. I mean there wasn't any other way that we could have seen a new light shed for Abby. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I honestly, I am making my stand right here. I got to give my vote to Final Fantasy VII Remake, which would be huge to see a remake win Game of the Year.
0: Especially with all the shit we've been talking for the last 10 months. (laughs) Yeah, basically. But that's my vote. Okay, so this conversation with you two has decided, has made me decide that I don't think it should be The Last of Us Part Two either. So it's between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Ghost of Tsushima. This is really hard. <laughs> I immensely enjoyed playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. And even though I think it's a little bit of a cheap shot to just cut your game in half and like, sell the separate parts back they added so much man they added so much stuff to final fantasy 7 remake they really did for every character for some more than others i'm looking at you jesse oh my god i had such a fantastic time playing this game you know what i would feel very comfortable giving game of the year to final fantasy 7 remake and also to piss pizzas off that a remake could win i think he was kind of on our side i don't remember for sure things with peaches get a little fuzzy <laughs> fuzzy peaches oh Zach you get the last word man is there anything you want to add is there any inclusions What are you, what's on your mind it's your last chance
2: it's my last chance I can talk all day if I want that's fair <laughs> it's your podcast do what you want
1: we do what it's we want
2: our podcast <laughs> renegade for Life Final Fantasy 7 Remake Um, I think the fact that it came out in April was it April that's a, about, about, was it April? So with that being said and the fact that we're still talking about enjoying it, I would have to say that I am so comfortable giving it that. Okay.
0: Then you think that it deserves Game of the Year. You're comfortable when they're up in that stage on December 10th and say Game of the Year is Final Fantasy VII. You can say wholeheartedly All because of the Game T podcast. <laughs> yes, we did this. All right. Is this it? Are we making this decision? Final Fantasy VII Remake for Game of the Year? Let's cast our vote. All right. Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be our choice for Game of the Year. Woo-hoo, you
2: heard it here, folks. With that being said, I'm really excited to see what our viewers think about this. I'm sure we pissed off a few thousand of them. So what do you oh, think? Oh, a lot.
0: Okay, yeah. Let's make this disclaimer. These were all our opinions. Please do not go and vote the way that we voted if you were thinking of doing that. By all means, disagree with us. Go vote for what you think deserves it these are our opinions our opinions yeah that was guys that was painstakingly hard but i was also really excited to do that and that was just as much fun as i thought it was going to be
1: oh that was a lot of fun i can't wait to see the game awards on the 10th and really hoping some of our picks won
0: so showing party at my house game awards on one screen the puppy bowl on the other yeah puppy bowl i'll have snacks mom make me snacks
2: yeah zoom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> guys that's it it is time to let our decisions be in the past and get done so with that said thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the game tea podcast and we will see you in the next episode you just got your game of the year tea bye if you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game T Podcast.